Welcome to the show, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. And I am really excited to have the wonderful guest, Dr. Mark Gordon, MD, on the show. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you very much, Dr. Ruth. <laughs> oh, um, so I know we just had a great conversation just before this, but um, for those that don't know Mark, um, Dr. Mark Gordon provides leading edge diagnostic and treatment protocols for treating both traumatic and non-traumatic brain injuries using non-conventional nutraceutical therapies that have the support of peer review articles. And as he says, the proof is in the pudding, which is encapsulated in the wonderful documentary and movie, Quiet Explosions, which um, I watched recently, which I thought was fantastic with so many insights from so many um, wonderful professionals. And I love I love the stories that you shared with regards to the clients that you've helped. Um, Mark's goal is to provide hope for resolution of symptomatic TBI. And I know we got connected uh, through the Amen Clinics, through the through the wonderful work that's been done on con on concussion rescue and the, and the book uh, surrounding that. So, so welcome. <laughs> well, thank so, you for having me. Oh no, you're absolutely welcome. So, so Mark, before we start, I'd love to know what you are passionate about in life right now, if we couldn't tell already. Um, I have three beautiful daughters, passionate about my children, my family. Uh, two of them happen to be doctors, and one of them is working with me in the area of traumatic brain injury. Uh, Allison takes care of our civilian population, while I exclusively look at the military population. So... It's about why I became a physician is really coming to fruition in my focus on this problem that is taking an untold amount of lives in suicide, not only here in the United yeah. States, but it's already started in uh, the UK uh, as far back as the Falklands. So yeah. uh, if we can stop, and that's my goal, is to stop the unnecessary suicides in people who have served the, the, our countries uh, at the front line defending our democracy. So that's the underlying. You know, thank you for sharing that because I recently had uh, Mike McCarthy and Steve Phillips on the show talking about suicide and the, and the need to pass on the baton of hope, which is an initiative that they've started here in the UK um, to give people hope that there is re resolution to get themselves out of the pain that they're in. And I absolutely 1000% agree with you that so many people who are experiencing very deep thoughts for, you know, depression, anxiety, which le can lead to suicidal thoughts, which I myself have personally, um, can be traced back to having undiagnosed traumatic brain injury, which I have my, had, had myself and um, was thankful that the Amen Clinics were able to tell me um, how to, to help my brain get better. But there are so many people out there who are who are the basically the walking wounded, um, and nobody knows. Uh, my my feeling is it's not some people, it's everyone. Yeah. Because if what we've ignored are the non-traumatic, I mean, in the introduction you said traumatic and non-traumatic brain injury. We talk about the traumatic all the time: the yeah. blunt head trauma, the motor vehicle accident, the motorcycle accident, the military, the blast trauma. Uh, the penetrating wounds to the to the head, to the skull. Mm -hmm. But we ignore the things that are subtle without loss of consciousness, like when you're between 
birth and one year of age, learning how to walk. How many times did you fall and hit your head? Or yeah. how many times did you have a you know, two-fro concussion or learning how to bicycle or roller skate or skateboard or some of the crazy things like jumping off of roofs, you know, just for fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we go into, you know, playing sports in school. You might not have loss of consciousness or a concussion, but it's an accumulation of these little dings yeah. that add up to create the inflammatory melu in the brain that causes the change in the chemistry that you and I see or we hear yeah. about depression, anxiety, bipolar, or obsessive compulsive. Yeah. And those are all the symptoms. It's an, yeah. You can either have one British pound or else you can have 10 pences, you know, 10, yeah. 10 pence pieces. You can either have a lot of little ones or one yeah. major one. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree. And, you know, just in terms of that, just from my personal experience, when I went through the list of, trauma that right. I had counting the non you know I, I think I only sustained one major blow to my head falling right. off a bicycle without a helmet on but right. actually I had uh, and that was under the influence of alcohol which is incredibly <laughs> stupid but anyway um, I had about 18 or more right yeah other head right. injury or brain I like to call them they're not really I like to call them brain injuries because we like to think Correct. of head injuries like you say Correct. as you have to physically split your skull open for mm. somebody to pay attention to the fact that you have a have a brain trauma yeah and um, that's that's the extreme and that's the battle that I have with the Department of Defense and the Veterans mm -hmm. Administration's uh, definition of what constitutes traumatic brain injury. And in it, it usually has disorientation, loss of consciousness, coming back with the meter that we call the Glasgow com uh, Coma Score, which yeah. is normal or, you know, 13 to 15, 15 mm -hmm. being perfect. And it's too extreme. And that's why what happened in uh, 2012 in the U.S. veterans coming back is that there were 410,000 that were diagnosed with PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And the following year, they found that 380,000 of them had head traumas, but they weren't the classical head traumas where they were knocked unconscious, knocked to the ground, put to their knees. It, you don't need that. No. And it goes back to uh, what is a trauma? Because if you think about breaking an arm, and I broke my arm when I was two years old, I had a green stick fracture. Okay. And I, my mum had to take me to hospital and convince the doctors that I'd broken my arm. She's a nurse. Um, right. And they x-rayed it and they saw that I had a, you know, a hairline green stick fracture and it was put in a cast. But, right. you, the, you know, that's the, that's sort of a very um, low end break right. to the arm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have, a, you know, an open, uh, right. open wound, can't you? And, a, and then multiple. Uh, Great analogy. That's exactly right. You it's, know, and it's we can't ignore the green stick fractures because if you have compounded green stick fractures you have a really sore arm <laughs> right you know yeah. and it's the same thing isn't it, it you absolutely know, from an analogy perspective A absolutely and um what we're seeing are 95 percent of minor or micro traumas we're seeing mm -hmm. people with a history of micro trauma you can have um a traumatic brain injury or the culmination of of uh, processes that create the same kind of symptomatology as someone who is struck on the head with a baseball bat from yeah. these accumulation of inflammation in the brain 
And it's the inflammation that changes the natural, normal, healthy chemistry of the brain and gives you alterations in chemicals that are important for having anti-depression, natural anti-depression, having good cognition and memory and mm -hmm. recall and the ability to learn new things. And inflammation, what it does is it shuts off some of our key hormones in the brain. And this is by peer review articles showing mm -hmm. the science that when you have uh, inflammation in the brain, whether or not it's due from uh, roller skating accident or a skiing accident or here in California, surfing accident, it creates a cascade of inflammation. And that inflammation stops the chemistry that allows for one chemical to become serotonin, another chemical to become mm -hmm. melatonin. So you don't sleep, you have lots of depression, and you have fatigue associated with it. Mm -hmm. So this is what we look at in our practice. We developed a biomarker panel, which looks at 28 markers of chemistry that are altered by trauma. Some of the mm -hmm. markers are called surrogate markers, meaning that like dopamine, we cannot directly measure dopamine, but we can measure the effect of it being elevated and reduced. And that will show up in another uh, hormone called prolactin. And that mm -hmm. will tell us what's going on. And um, testosterone deficiency, thyroid deficiency, and growth hormone deficiency. In my uh, short stint in uh, Imperial College, it was clear that they do not use uh, growth hormone at the rate that they should. And what really was uh, interesting was that out of, um, I think it was Queens College, a beautiful mm -hmm. article came out in 2017 talking about people who had depression. And they found that 61% of the people with depression had growth hormone deficiency. And when they replenished the growth hormone within one to two months, their depression disappeared and they ended up with four benefits. They brighter minds, slept better, better interpersonal skills, and they weren't as emotionally volatile. And, mm. you know, so our hormones are unfortunately viewed as singular. Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone are called sex hormones or reproductive hormones. But it's interesting. I just want to, I, I just had a conversation about feet, the female brain um, with Rebecca Reed. And I, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we talk about postnatal depression, right? Which we know is hormonal related, right? We, we talk about post weaning depression, which is hormone related. Yeah, we don't really that. talk much yeah. about depression as a consequence of having a miscarriage or a termination, but it certainly right. happens because we have the hormone tap gets turned off suddenly. Um, but we don't think about it in the context of general depression, do we? It's uh, kind of which... like it doesn't exist when we talk about general depression. We, we don't think about the hormonal imbalances that could be present in our brain. Right. That's, and... that's, caused, that's causing uh, the, the symptoms that we're experiencing. And we tend, you know, traditional medicine, doesn't it, tends to treat the symptom um, which Nasty. never gets to the root cause. And then people wonder why 10 years down the line, they've still got depression. Yeah, I think what's being uh, discovered now is in that grouping that you call general uh, depression, that it has a lot of lifestyle related causation mm -hmm. and things like bad nutrition, alcohol consumption, certain drugs, not exercising, not drinking the right amount of fluids, not uh, meditating or relaxing, learning how to relax. 
uh, being under extreme stress. And we found that stress creates an inflammatory response in the brain. That's why I have a difficult time believing 100% in what they call PTSD. PTSD, they think, is due to pure stress, and it's a psychological issue. Well, it turns out it's a biochemical issue because a chemical by the name of fractalkin is affected by stress, by cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone, and it's cortisol that causes this fractalkin to drop, which allows for inflammation in the brain. And with that inflammation, you start shutting off chemical pathways. Yeah. And we're now starting to see this relationship. That's why if you look at some of the more current articles in the psychiatric, psychopharmacology, psychiatry, they're talking more about inflammation being at the root cause for all the psychiatric issues. And in the past 27 years that I've been doing this, more specifically since 2004, um, what we've seen is people with schizophrenia, bipolar, OCD, depression, anxiety, uh, improving in their symptoms. And that's what the movie Quiet Explosion uh, displays are cases. There are 10 cases. There are, uh, I think, six or seven from our facility. Dr. Amen has some and other approaches on traumatic brain injury with symptoms. Yeah, all, all focus really around reducing inflammation, isn't it? Um, many of the approaches to, to, to help bring, 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 ultimately put out the fire in, in inside Correct. your inside Correct. your mind and what they're what they're finding in the neuropharmacology is or the psychopharmacology is that there's a side effect to some of the ssris the serotonin reuptake inhibitors where they have an effect on the inflammatory cells the immune cells of the brain that they call microglial mm -hmm. where it actually slows down their re release of inflammatory chemistry Mm -hmm. So we're starting to find that it might not be the initial, initial premise of the medication that's being used, but it's a side effect that they're learning of the medication. Yeah, so that's super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that's stuff. Interesting. So I'd love to know for you in the context of brain health, what, what for you is optimal brain health in, you know, from the journey that you've been on? Uh, for me, optimal brain health is one in which my emotional uh, resiliency under attack, under challenges, is level. That's number one, emotional stability. Number two is cognitive ability, meaning that we know that as we age, we our cognitive abilities decrease. And the question is why? Well, the reason is because of the inflammation alters the ability of our cells to generate the energy molecule, ATP, to run everything. So what happens is when you have a lot of uh, junk accumulating over years of trauma, aging, alcohol, blah, 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 sunlight, all the fun things, uh, what happens is you get um, a negative return. And that's the inflammation that impedes the biochemical pathways leading to clarity. And in fact, we have some patients who never had photographic memories who have developed photomatic, uh, photographic memories, um, which is you know kind of scary when someone thought he was hallucinating. It wasn't. He was seeing what he was reading or things that he had just seen. So we have uh, two patients who have developed that. And we've reversed uh, two cases of Parkinson's. Wow. Uh, one of them flies in from Sweden, from... Um, mm -hmm from Gutenberg, 
and uh, two cases of uh, Alzheimer's, one in, um, uh, not Texas, in Arkansas, and the other one in New York. Uh, my daughter has an MS, two MS patients that have reversed. They're all inflammatory conditions. Yeah, and it's just targeting to... different parts of the brain that's un, uh, inflamed, isn't it? Correct. And depending upon where in the brain the inflammation is affecting, as well as something I call biological resiliency, and mm -hmm. we can do things in our life to build protective walls around our brain. Uh, eating good um, tocopherol, vitamin E, uh, good fish oil, omega-3s, mm -hmm. no alcohol or minimal alcohol, mm -hmm. because those vitamins build up protection. The alcohol removes it. Hormones build it up. So when we get older and our estrogen and progesterone are low and testosterone low in a female, there's actually a whole bunch of articles showing how it accelerates Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease. What you need to do is replenish those hormones because each one of those hormones protects the brain from Alzheimer's, protects it from the inflammation. So unfortunately, the, um, the industry or the community of medicine has not taken that next step into looking at the functional medicine aspects to why we develop these problems right now it's not functional it's masking as you said it's let's yeah. cover it up yeah and and i you know with the clients that i have many of my clients have undiagnosed head trauma um which yeah. is affecting their cognitive function and I, and i love that you talk about the the emotional resiliency and also the cognitive ability um, which is which is two of the four quadrants of well-being that I talk about to be a well-being warrior, um, okay. because our emotions drive everything. And if we're not emotionally resilient, in the same way as trauma stacks, our emotional bucket gets full. And when it's full, uh, we can't handle uh, right. what gets thrown at us. And right. our emotions are driven by our hormones. So if our hormones are dysregulated, our emotions will be yeah. dysregulated as well. well what we've learned about uh, the pain aspect is in that process of um, inflammation, it generates a product called peroxynitrite. And uh -huh. peroxynitrite hypersensitizes the brain so it's irritable all the time. It's like you've got a cold all the time. I mean, most people admit to it. Uh, some people don't, that when they get a cold, they're irritable. You know, when they get yeah. a viral cold, you know, like a common run-of-the-mill cold. They are huh? irritable because the cold increases a group of inflammatory chemicals called intraleukins, specifically uh, one yeah. called intraleukin-6. But another one that gets generated under just stress is this peroxynitrite. Mm -hmm. And what Dr. Amen sees in his spec scans are areas of trauma. Well, those areas of trauma where the reduction of blood flow is re are really areas where this peroxynitrite has stolen the chemical that caused the blood vessels to dilate to allow blood flow. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see those punched out lesions in the brain. So we need to address the inflammation to get back our brain, to get back all aspects of, of uh, cerebral functioning. Mm. And and I know that you mentioned so many of the aspects are lifestyle related, and I think what's you know from a you know the work that I do is very much an integrated or a functional approach mm. to looking at the person because you can't just look at the brain, in, you know, as a separate entity 
to the rest of the person um, as, as traditional psychiatry has done uh, and not look at the whole person and understand their history and, and their diet and their lifestyle and their alcohol consumption, the drink, different drinks that they consume, sugar consumption, stresses in their life and so on can all have a huge impact on our brain health. And we Absolutely. don't realize that that all stacks in the same way that trauma stacks, do we? It's like one of those pie charts. And each one of those elements has a percentage of that pie chart that it influences. So what we want to do is get the healthy elements to be the largest and the unhealthy ones to be the minimal, to be the least. Yeah. You know, you talked about the green stick fracture that you had of your arm. Yeah. My middle daughter, Allison, who's the naturopathic, who did her undergraduate in a nutritional before medical school, she uh, addresses the gut-brain scenario. Uh -huh. And what she's found is dysbiosis after antibiotics or alcohol or yeah. just your genetic makeup, you don't have the right balance of bacteria to help minimize inflammation that gets exact, gets rapidly transferred into the brain, gets right into the brain. So you might not have a traumatic brain injury, but might have an ulcer or might have a leaky gut or an allergy of the gut or dysbiosis. And that will generate the inflammation just like a fracture of an arm will generate it. And if you look at some of the studies where they looked at large bone fractures relative to depression, you see that people who have had major fractures, whether or not it's a femur, you know, the leg bone or mm -hmm. humerus, the upper arm, you'll see a higher incidence of uh, depression occurring. Also, if you look at cardiovascular surgery, surgical procedures, these are the non-traumatic forms of brain injury. So by doing a thoracic opening the chest, thoracotomy opening the chest for, for dealing with uh, uh, heart transplant or yeah, which I know people in my family have had. Um, yeah, yeah. it can be hugely traumatic for the brain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's uh, because it shuts off thyroid and shuts off uh, luteinizing hormones so they can't make uh, estrogen, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone uh, and pregnenolone and allopregnanolone, which are extremely important for brain health. Mm. So, yeah. So, so I, I'd love to know what got you into this journey because I know you mentioned that you, you were... Uh, uh, a victim of, uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word, of traumatic brain injury yourself. Is that right? Correct. I had about six that I'd mentioned. Uh, there are a lot of stupid things that I did, but there were six major ones that happened. Three car accidents. I was in, involved in car accidents. Other people running into my car. They just liked the color of the car and just ran into it. Martial arts, uh, the second degree black belt and had to you know, fight off three people. And some, you know, silly things, uh, roller skate, bicycle accidents, being hit by a car. So in the 90s, I developed depression, which was, I was put on antidepressants and they didn't work. And one of my escapes has always been to read. So in the course of reading, I came across this thing that said, hey, maybe your hormones are off. So I went and had my hormones tested and there were three hormone deficiencies, growth hormone, thyroid and testosterone. And within about 90 days of being on to these products, my entire world started changing. That was 1997. Then in 2000 and I think it was 2004, my brain capacity came back to me and I was invited to do lectures for organizations on this subject. So in the process of doing it is what was the foundation for the 2007 and then 2014 books 
that came out on these subjects. And um, since 2000 and uh, since 1995 to 2009, I was working with sports, professional sports, CTE and football. And then mm -hmm. 2009, I was introduced to the military. And yeah, that's so CTE for those that don't know is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Correct. Which, which is in essence microbleeds in the brain, isn't it? That causes. Um, it's it's talk. a trauma that can be equal to what we see in the military, blast trauma. Yeah. Okay. The same thing. I don't. I'm not a great believer in these terms. Okay, that's okay. PTSD, CTE, and all that. If you boil it all down, it's neuroinflammation. Yeah. And it's the inflammation that causes the lesions in the brain. And there's a, mm -hmm. a, a brilliant doctor out of, um, out of uh, where is it, New York, um, Daniel Pearl, uh, mm -hmm. Bethesda. He's at Bethesda Medical Center, who's done 20,000 plus brain biopsies, brain histological segments, looking at slices of the brain and people who had died with PTSD as the diagnosis. And what he found in all of them were punched out lesions. And he said very clearly, he said, wait a second, if this is a psychiatric illness, PTSD, if this is a psychiatric illness, why am I finding physical damage to the brain? Yeah. And that was it. I mean, and fortunately, when I was invited to Imperial College, he was there also. So I got to meet one of my uh, mentors, unbeknown mentors, and uh, one of the guys that I followed. Just brilliant yeah. work. And, and do you know, I, what do you think it, it is that is stop? You know, there's so much research now out there that's showing, you know, we, you've had the, you've done the film quite, um, uh, quite explosions. There's been the film con con concussion and um, that had Will Smith in it, um, talking about, um, head trauma in, in, uh, in football NFL. players in the States and, mm -hmm. and how that was a real issue and that, you know, people buried it under the carpet. We have, you know, legal cases going on here in the UK with regards to the rugby unions uh, and and brain injuries that have been sustained by professional rugby players, never mind all of the millions of people, uh, including very young children who are now, um, you know, impose, inflicting damage on their brains through rugby and, and contact sports. What is it that is stopping the mainstream medicine from um recognizing the importance of looking at hormones and in particular and, and you know there's so many cases i've had where i yeah. get my clients will get their bloods taken and the right. doctors will be dismissive of low hormone levels right. and that's not even looking at it from a you know the work that you do from a neurohormone perspective and you can tell that that their brains are flamed you know, their brains are on fire in some instances right. and, the, uh, and the profession is incredibly dismissive of it. Yeah, it, it's a phenomenally important question that you ask. And the answer is not simple. It has okay. to do with a multitude of issues. Uh, pharmaceutical world, uh, it's better to sell medication that masks than it is medication that resolves. Because uh, then doctors, people are still sick, so they keep selling. Correct. And doctors are so ingrained in their way. Also, the medical journals that they read are basically represents a uh, representation of the pharmaceutical world. Mm -hmm. um, there's a fear of hormones because it's been pounded on them that they can cause cancer. I haven't seen a single case 
that it can cause cancer. So fear tactics, why not to use it? As well as the majority of doctors don't have a good handle on how to replenish or how to use hormones. Mm. And and they're the building blocks of who, who we are. Correct. <laughs> Which is kind and of the same thing to think that why wouldn't we, you know, in the same way that food is medicine, uh, because yes. if you put the wrong fuel in your in your car and it's a diesel and you put petrol in it, it's not going to work. I use um, as my husband did uh, yeah. with our camper van. Oh, jeez! I uh, use a similar analogy. It's about putting <laughs> crude crude oil into the tank instead of gas refined gasoline. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or trying to put or trying to put fuel in an, an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> it's Haven't not going to work, is yet. it? Um, but it. people don't look at food as medicine. They seem to be very dismissive of it, don't they? That it actually, it doesn't Correct. fuel their mind. Right. Which I, well, I know when I, I came from that world, because because when I, like yourself, when my brain was in trouble and I started having suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. um, I thought, right, I need to get back to learning and go fix this. Right. And, and therein stumbled across Dr. Daniel Amen's work and, uh, and then the, re the rest is really, as they say, history. Um, and here I am now. But I, it, I just find it's, I just, I mean, it's a great opportunity for people that like, such as yourself and myself, but I just find it almost incredulous. And I know this has come out from the work that you were supporting with the, with the, the, the Warrior Angels Foundation, Foundation mm -hmm. is that people need to get the right treatment that is going to fix the root problem of their brain struggles and it's not routinely available uh and everywhere and i'd love for you to talk about the work you've done if you if you're able to with people who have suffered blast injuries or people who've been in the military uh, mm -hmm. and what what your sort of cases are that you've observed that you're able to to speak about for those that are are in the military, such as myself. Sure. Um, yeah, in uh, 2009, uh, I started my transition from uh, NFL and sports into mm -hmm. the, the world of the military, uh, basically because one of the docs that I had trained in hormonal medicine mm -hmm. years earlier, her husband is a major um, individual in the Green Beret at uh, Fort Bragg. So uh, she said, he's in trouble, help. Mm -hmm. So we ran a test and we found uh, hormonal deficiencies. Now, mm -hmm. he had been in 23 different firefights deployments where he was exposed to repetitive gunfire, to mortar fire, to bombs blasting all around him, uh, to charges where they lit up things or um, RPGs, you know, different forms of armament that led to blast wave trauma. Mm -hmm. And at your Imperial College in London, they have a center there, which is about blast wave trauma, uh, where they're looking for the same thing. And in the military, um, when they develop their symptoms, uh, they start with one medication, then two. In fact, my patient, who's now a partner who founded Warrior Angel Foundation, uh, Andrew Marr and his brother, Adam Marr, um, he was exposed to a major blast that put him unconscious for five seconds. Six months later, he's on three different, uh, 13 medications, full blow. Completely alcohol. insane. Pardon? It's completely insane what they oh, did yeah. to him. 
Yeah. And what happened was uh, he was on 13 medications, full-blown alcoholic and suicidal, and he was no better. And when he approached the doctor who was taking care of his case and said, look it, I can't function like this. The doctor said to it, you'll get used to it. I think think that's so negligent. You know, because, the de- you know, as Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Yeah. And, and for, for doctors, you know, who have a duty of care, as as many of us who, who work in this space do, it propagates. I mean, if you're on a multitude of medication and you're feeling horrible and you go to the doctor and you tell him uh, what's going wrong and he says, just get used to it. You don't want to live that way. And that's why we've seen so many suicides because people, I mean, the the veterans or the active military had a a decision to make. This is not the way that I'm going to spend the the next 50 years or 60 years under these medications. I'd rather save my family who I'm explosive to. They're not any better or they're sitting on a couch in a semi-catatonic manner because they're on so much medication. So anyway, what we've been able to do is through the Millennium Biomarker Panel, which are these 28 uh, labs that we run, it is now being processed by a software package and the software interprets it and gives the best uh, predictive of the problem and how to treat it. So what happens now is if it finds a testosterone deficiency or a vitamin D deficiency or a thyroid or whatever, it gives the most optimal or the optimal approach for how to treat it. And we put them on the protocols and we monitor them every 30 days in a document that we call a monthly program questionnaire that they fill out 25 answers Mm -hmm. of scoring it between zero and 10. And we monitor them. And uh, what we start seeing is they're getting better in 90 days. Uh, I ran a project with the Marines in one of our camps here in California, Camp Pendleton. And I went and lectured for them, and they ended up sending cases to us. And in 65% of those who were in the program, they had a 50 to 100% improvement in 90 days. 35% of the people needed more, okay? But the very basic approach, 65% of them had a 50 to 100% better. You know, I really want to stop you there because I just want to applaud you as a clinician for actually taking the time to monitor the outcome on a regular basis of the treatment protocol that you put in place. Because so few doctors do this. Mm. It's prescribe and forget often. Um, And they ask the the patient to come back six months later, nothing's changed, or they may have decided to find a way out that is terminal. Um, uh, uh, And then they prescribe another drug and say, come back later. And right. it's, it's, it's just not, it's no, not medicine. No. It's just not kind. Yeah. Just, the, the, yeah. The yeah. fear that the fear that I have is that if we don't know what's going on every 30 days and something's not going the way we want it to go, it means they're more at risk for possibly hurting themselves or doing yeah. something. Okay. Doing something that will affect their quality of life. So yeah. we started 10 years ago of doing this, of Mm -hmm. constantly calling them since uh, 2011-ish with this paper. So every day I get 10, 15 of these papers in and I review them and they get 
put into a uh, into an analysis. And every year we post on our website the outcome in civilian population and in our military population. Our military populations see tend to do much better or tend to do better than our civilian population. And I think that has to do with the goal-oriented training that the military have had. So we see a little bit better, 78 versus 82 uh, percent mm-hmm. difference, about four to six points difference between the two groups. Um, and I don't statistically analyze things. I put the raw data up there so you can make your own decision based on unmanipulated data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, I think that's so important. And I, I wish more people would demonstrate their uh, outcomes that they achieve in a, in a more transparent way based, yeah. on the, based on the inputs that came into their clinic. Mm-hmm. Because... Oh, that's what- trains us. That's what how I get my feedback on how well our program's doing. And our, our program, when we started it uh, for the military in 2009, has gone through six or seven renditions. And uh, every one is better. We just had one in January. And now we have one with uh, tinnitus as a side effect of our treatment. Um, long COVID disappears and uh, people with ringing in their ears, tinnitus. We have 81 yeah. people who are in a program, 52.2% improvement in tinnitus as an average over the course of less than a year. So wow. it's inflammation. I mean, I had to go back and read the books on uh, tinnitus, what causes it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying after a year, it's permanent. And people who have had it for five, six years, it's gone. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, uh, inflammation. Uh, before, I want to dive into neuroendocrinology but before we do that i just want to do a quick um breakout on to do some fun facts because um with my clients we look at the five pillars of brain health which is right remember by and we talked you talked about this um we talked about two (laughs) well you talked about the feelings um our actions are really important we've already spoken about that our connection to ourself and what our core values and beliefs and also our connection to others. That's the third pillar. And that's really important in finding purpose, which I know the, the warrior angels talk about in, in the, in the film, quite explosions. Um, We talk about our thoughts and how our thoughts influence our behaviors, which can be hugely um, detrimental if, if we if we have negative self-talk going on which can come from medical profession professionals uh, as you've discussed uh, they insert these negative these negative beliefs into ourselves and then also our surroundings which is a huge influence on um traumatic brain injury because it's our surroundings that influence how our brain performs and that often is the surroundings that causes us to have uh, the the traumatic brain injury um in in the first place but on a lighter note, starting with the uh, first pillar of feelings, what feeling or emotion is most important to you in life and why? Um, most important feeling, I think uh, love is an extremely important uh, feeling because it's a two-way street. It's what you give and what you get. Mm. And a lot of, I, I'm a giver. Okay, and I think that's part of the reason why I ended up in medicine after losing my father. I was in cancer research and my father died of cancer. And that's what threw me off into medicine. But uh, um, we started with the same similar path then because I started in looking at um, 
cancer because my father's mother died of cancer and that was mm. the one thing that I ended up looking at as part of my uh, yeah. degree. Well, there it is. We we our purpose was based on family as I told you in the family. beginning. Yeah. Family very important. But very love, important. you know, give and take is uh, what love is about. So that's number 1 in my book. And Do you know I, and I, I, I I think that's so important because it shines through in all the work that you do that, you know, you love serving people. You love finding the solutions. You know, it's mm -hmm. a common thread throughout all, uh, everything that you do and it shines through you when we're talking as well. The second one I want to talk about is actions. And then I'd love to dive back into, into your journey is what's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done? And I'm sure you've got thousands of stories, but what, which is the most rewarding thing you've ever done? Um, in terms of my professional life or my private life? Well, it's it doesn't matter. You pick because you'll have one that's right up there. <laughs> well, um, I think, uh, you know, working with my my daughters in uh, in the practice is a milestone for me. Uh, I, we didn't tell them to become doctors. We didn't tell them to do anything. We just, uh, gave them, um, models. Okay. And they, uh, emulated at the level that they want. And they're each doing phenomenally well. My oldest daughter is a hospitalist who is, you know, graduated tops in her class and everything because of the love that people felt and the fact that she cared about what she was doing. And now, because of the high level of stress, she's moving. Erin is moving into uh, aesthetic medicine retraining for the past three years. Wow. And then Allison uh, was in nutrition and realized that there was medical benefits in nutrition, and ended up going through naturopathic school uh, to learn naturopathic. But in my professional, I think the greatest was three wheelchair dependent uh, veterans. Are out of their wheelchairs now and wow. it's through, yeah it's through uh inflammation i mean yes the cases of alzheimer's and parkinson's are really neat uh because they said it couldn't be done and these wheelchair cases one was in the wheelchair from medication side effects of medication and no one wanted to stop them so wow. we found on uh on a hormonal replenishment in our anti-inflammatory protocol that uh, which are supplements uh, or nutraceuticals, which is an interesting thing here in the United States, all the products that we have in combination are over the counter. You can just walk into any pharmacy or any health store and buy it. But in every other country around the planet, it's prescription only. You know, pregnenolone prescription only in Canada, DHEA prescription only. We don't even send anything to Australia or New Zealand because they're locked down on what they can use. So wow. anyway, uh, those are some of the cases that, uh, you know, personal and also um, in the in the military that have been uh, extremely um, invigorating to me to keep me more, keep me passionate on yeah. what I'm doing to keep me moving forward. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you see those outcomes, why would you want to stop? Yeah, I'm. I am the same. I've had some phenomenal outcomes, which I can't. I can't quite mention because I don't have authority to. But um, right. it, it's amazing, isn't it? What you can do when you when you focus on the root cause of people's struggles, right? Um, and and the transformation that you see when you when you 
when you address it is is phenomenal absolutely and i just i can't believe that story of the of the three people who were in wheelchairs and actually uh, now they're able to to get out of them and and one of them was given by the yeah. medication they were on yeah two of them were from ieds uh, one of them, it uh, blew off the left side of his skull. And wow. his parents were the ones that I spoke to consistently or persistently during his beginning. And then he's out of the wheelchair working for a VA in Seattle. And then wow. uh, uh, the other gentleman, he's in Ohio. Uh, his wife, Leslie, and I communicate a lot in the beginning. Uh, he IED while roll, riding a uh, motorcycle in one of the areas of conflict. And uh, they said he's going to die. They said then he's not going to be able to walk. Then he's going to be need care for the. He's riding bicycles. Come on, functioning on his own. You know, yeah. his speech. Every time he calls, I said slow down. When he first started talking with us, it was very slow, like he okay. was. You know, and now he's talking so fast. We're saying slow down, slow down. <laughs> so, you know, which is great. <laughs> That's so. amazing. I I am blown away in the, it, I know that's probably the wrong word to use, but um, <laughs> um, by by that transformation that, you know, you've oh, given yeah. someone their life back, that, yeah. uh, you know, that's life-changing. Yeah, it's, uh, I, in the beginning, well, I shouldn't say in the beginning, up until just uh, recently, uh, every time I receive one of these uh, monthly program questionnaires where there's an area that they write their comments, uh, at, tear falls, uh, tear of joy, because uh, how well their life and their family contacting both Warrior Angel Foundation, myself, about this is the guy I married, or my father's back to me, yeah. or, you know, parents talking about their, their child, uh, how, uh, how much better they are now. In fact, my partner, Andrew, his parents, I sat and had lunch with just the, his parents, they're saying how he is better than what he was before he enlisted in the military. Mm. And he had a long history. He was playing football since childhood. So that was his predisposing. You know, he yeah. already had the setup, the old proverb of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And when he was exposed to that large blast, that was what pushed him over the edge. And, and I really want to bring that out, actually, because one of the youngest clients I've ever supported is a seven-year-old mm -hmm. um, out with my daughter who is who had trauma from birth because um, she was a C-section. And, right. and, and, and it was completely, um, this it, particular individual was missed by the uh, profession. Um, and it doesn't have, you know, it don't, you don't have to be uh, in your late 40s. You don't have to be uh, experienced cognitive decline in, in your 70s or, or 80s or whatever. It can happen. Traumatic brain injury, if you have a, a, a major life-changing experience, can happen at any age. Correct. Um, and, the, and the less attention we pay to it when we are, for those that experience at a young age, the more it will stack uh, as you get older. Absolutely. And in the um, young children, um, you'll see it in um, behavioral related issues, in learning issues. Yeah. And, you know, we only take care of 18 years of age and older. And I, in the beginning, was getting a lot of mothers calling about their four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, 11-year-olds, and so forth. 
and um, uh, the chemistry is so much different. Also, the med legal issues are so much greater that I, 18 years when they're considered adults and above, so they can make their own decisions. And that was part of what led us to developing some of the products we have that are liquid forms that can be used in uh, children. So we have we yeah. know of children that are three and four on the products to get better. So and, without and having think, And I think it's a really important, so hard, isn't it, in the context of um, you know the legal situation? But it's such a forgotten generation because of that. Um, who who really who really you know some people really do need that help um, and it's difficult to get it because either the studies haven't been done at that age right and, and there isn't the level of ev evidence to support the intervention that we know is necessary later on or it's difficult to get the right treatment um, because because it's difficult to access it. Right. Uh, because, because of because of the legal situation. Well, you know, when they're young, it's more inflammatory related problems than it is hormonal because they're prepubertal. So yeah. if they're before their hormones start, then the most uh, rational reason for their problem is the inflammation in the brain that's altering their chemistry in their brain. Yeah. So we've yeah. seen people that have had trauma at a young age, like. Uh, a two-week-old that was dropped from a second balcony that landed on the first balcony. So, wow. yeah. And then another one, which was a two-year-old who basically the same thing. And they had a multitude of uh, personality issues. And when we saw them at 18, 19, um, we found the hormonal deficiency. But that could have been from the inflammation from long ago that didn't allow their systems to turn on. So mm -hmm. some of their secondary sexual characteristics hadn't fully developed, hair, scented testicles, and yeah. so forth. And actually, when you fall from a, build, a second floor building, you can damage the pituitary gland, which... Yeah, you can damage the pituitary, but what I've looked beyond is physical damage to the pituitary and hypothalamus. Yeah. Because you do not need to have physical damage to the hypothalamus that will lead to elevated growth hormone, elevated prolactin, decreased testosterone, decreased thyroid. But you can have inflammation that shuts it off. So no yeah. physical structural damage. It's biochemical, what it's yeah. washed in. Yeah, it changes yeah. it. So a lot of people do not have uh, on MRI or magnetic resonance imaging, radio, yeah radiological studies of the brain the pituitary they don't have any findings yeah because they look at it from a structural perspective and Correct. they look for structural damage rather than uh, damage in the context of function right mine is at a molecular level yeah so everything i work on is uh, cellular molecular and biochemical and that's why there's no study no radiologic study that can identify a deficiency of you know or inflammation being present you know, we things like PET and spec scan can be used if you looked at it 90 degrees different. Instead of being damaged, you look at it, why the damage? What yeah. is allowing for that presentation? It's the inflammatory chemistry. Mm. And then you address that inflammatory chemistry. That's it. 
And I'd love to know, I want to dive into this inflammatory chemistry because <laughs> before we got on the call, we talked about, you know, endocrinology and new, neuroendocrinology, mm -hmm. and they're quite different, aren't they? So yes. I'd love for you to explain what the difference is between the traditional study of hormones, which is the hormones within our body, and right. actually the difference in that and how our hormones are expressed and utilized in the context of our brain. Right. Well, uh, endocrinology, as people know, deals with the glandless, uh, the ductless glands throughout our body that are controlled by the master gland, which is called the pituitary. Mm -hmm. And the pituitary sends signals out to the ovaries, to the testicles, to the thyroid, to the adrenal glands, uh, to the liver to make the growth factors. And what regulates the pituitary is a higher up area called the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus has a lot of neurological control to it. So when we talk about neuroendocrinology, it's about how hormones interact with nerves and how nerves interact with hormone production. So it's at a higher level of the biochemical pathways or the cascades that happen in the brain. Also, what we found in 1981, it's a Dr. Beilu out of Paris, he found that in the brain, they make the brain through the cells called glial cells, yeah. make their own hormones. And they make the same hormones as we make below the neck out of cholesterol. They make testosterone, pregnenolone, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, all those are made in the brain. But they have a different function in the brain when they're made in the brain. They immediately alter our chemistry in the brain to give us a different personality. The wow. ones that are generated below the neck are called neuroactive steroids, and they can take days, hours to work when the ones produced in the brain take minutes to hours to work. So through and, two different pathways. And, so that's and is, do they influence the other? Obviously, one will influence the other, but yeah. is, is it crossing the blood-brain barrier? So if yeah. the blood-brain well, barrier is intact and working really well, right. then yep. I, I think I... I'm not sure it was yourself or, or, or Dr. Mark Hyman where they talk about that GABA doesn't yep. pass across the blood-brain right. intact. It's made in the brain under the direction of pregnenolone, allopregnenolone, progesterone, pregnenodiol. There are four mm -hmm. chemicals that will increase it. And how we've improved insomnia is by giving them pregnenolone when we find them low. And in about 100% of our blast trauma veterans or our car accident civilians, we find a deficiency of pregnenolone. So what happens is they've got sleep uh, insomnia and they also have sleep deprivation syndrome where from not sleeping, they develop depression, stress, cognitive impairment, mood swings that are absolutely crazy. And we put the pregnenolone in, which goes down to pregnenolone, to progesterone, to allopregnanolone. A new drug came out, which is off of that for $34,000 a year called brexanolone, which is for postpartum depression. It also treats depression and anxiety. But it's $34,000 just for the medication. To get it in the hospital, to get it, it's about $100,000 okay, a year. And it treats those things and it comes from pregnenolone. So what we do for $80 a year is give pregnenolone and it helps to alleviate a lot of the symptoms, but it's not a one factor. 
It's like on your on your vehicle, on your car, you've got four tires. See if you can drive if you only fill one tire or two or three yeah. or three and a half. You're not going to be able to drive. The same thing in the body. We're not going to be able to drive our body through life if we don't have all the key hormones at optimal levels. And as we age, we lose them. We lose them not because of our age, but because of the accumulation of traumas we've had during our aging process. Which so leads to inflammation, which, which blocks the signals <laughs> that help it. us send those hormones to the places that our brain needs it, and so that's on right. and so on. I was on the phone with one of our patients yesterday. He's 86. He runs an $8 billion company. And he was talking to me about how his uh, peers, his octogerian peers, how poorly they're functioning and how great he's functioning. And he's been on protocol for about 10 years with us. So it's about maintaining a youthful biochemistry, neurochemistry, endocrinology in the body to allow you to to function well. As I said, I'll, I'll be 70 in January. I've been on protocol since my traumatic brain injury, almost 27 years and uh, functioning, you know, still doing a lot of crazy things, sleep about five, six hours a night. And why I can do that, I have a device that measures my uh, theta, delta, alpha, gamma brain waves, and it shows I drop immediately into sleep. Why? The chemistry of the brain that allows that to happen is there. The pregnant oh, woman. I love this. You said that because it's. I think it's what happens, isn't it, when women actually uh, become uh, parents uh, and then become a mother, is that the chemistry in your brain alters. You can correct me if I'm wrong because I, I heard this. Stress and actually, is what it's women go into a deeper sleep as parents. If uh, and I think it's tied into breastfeeding, but I'm not 100 percent certain. It's the oxytocin effect. Yeah. Yes. It, it's with oxytocin, but also uh, oxytocin and pregnenolone, progesterone, which increases GABA. Yeah. Okay. Also, pregnenolone increases acetylcholine, which is the number one neurotransmitter that's lost in Alzheimer's. Yeah. So it's part of the, the formula for getting the brain back and functioning. Our oldest is 72. Albert is 72. He's not even a patient. He just... You know, his wife contacted him and we told her what to get to put him on. And, thir- and 90 days later, Albert was sedentary, not a very happy guy. Three months in his program, he's in the gym three days a week, happy. But his memory Amazing. was horrible. His memory Amazing. was horrible. So we put him on to the next phase. And after six months, his wife, uh, Betty, is telling us how well he's doing. So every three months we communicate. It almost sounds like a miracle cure, but at no. such a, a different cost to the miracle cures that people are used to. Yeah, not a miracle. Um, you know, $80, a solution. $80 for, for medication stroke uh, a nutraceutical um, is a lot better than 34000 Correct. Um, what, what is it that's, um, obviously it's great for everyone that's stateside that, that you can get access to these drugs in the, at the at the pharmacy um but how what is the solution for people is there a solution for people obviously i'm based here in the uk who can't currently get access to pregnenolone and so on through through the through us yeah we've been been, (laughs) uh, our 
our uh, Millennium Health Store has, um, we're only distributing through the UK, Canada, and the United States. Okay. And we have both military uh, acquiring the products as well as civilians. Uh, we've had uh, your rugby, uh, top people from your rugby commission mm -hmm. who are uh, participating in some of our uh, programs, people who work with rugby, uh, who are great supporters of what we're doing. Um, you know, we had, um, we had three majors from one of your military elite groups come to mm -hmm. the United States to get our assessment and treatment. And then in 2019, I was invited by your Ministry of, of Defense to come to Imperial uh, College to give a presentation on what we do uh, to the military uh, attorney, uh, Surgeon General, and to the doctors who are in charge of the Blast Trauma Center at, uh, at the Imperial College. So we gave the presentation for four hours afterwards. There was a debate about what we were doing uh, they had a tough time. The doctors there had a tough time buying into what we were doing, even though I presented to them 400 and, uh, 456 cases of results. And it uses, growth hormone uses these things which aren't readily available in, in England, and it's outside their, their uh, arena of endocrinology. That was the highest yeah. grade was endocrinology. They just needed to understand the neuroendocrinology, how it changes everything. Yeah. So unfortunately, fascinating, and and uh, I think it's so it it's such a great opportunity for people to be able to get access to these new to your new modality that is going to help so many people. And it's right. a shame that you know we all always come across people who are going to be resistant to change. Sure. Um, uh, and that's just a fact of fact of life, yeah. isn't it? What I, what I need is um, I need someone to uh, pick up the uh, the weight in the UK. And we're working with a couple of uh, doctors there. But it's because of the medical environment that they don't want to go outside the box because yeah. you've got the uh, the health system that you have in England or the UK as they do in Canada. Uh, Australia and New Zealand, where it's very restrictive. And how could you yeah. implement outside the box treatment if you're uh, reprimanded for doing that? Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking for someone who has a an ability to look critically at what we're doing and to be supportive of bringing it over the pond to the UK. In the United States, I'm looking just to give everything away give the technology away so we can mm -hmm. stop the suicides. Well, mm -hmm. for quality of health, uh, that's- Well, I'm 100% behind you, Mark, on this, and I will do Thank what you. I can to to support you um, here in the UK with all of the networks that I have into the uh, uh, private health systems that, that people are, are now moving to. Right. Um, and obviously through the other channels that, um, that I have access to as well. So- um, Mark, how can what one piece of advice would you give to anybody who um, who has gone on a, a very difficult trajectory, um, which they believe is a consequence of a traumatic brain injury that may or may not have been 
um, diagnosed correctly. They might have been diagnosed with it, but actually the treatment protocol isn't treatment. working for them. What, what right. one piece of advice would you give to someone? Well, um, first off, I'd recommend that they go to our primary website, which you have on there, TBI Help Now, and read the science. And on that site, I have a very cost-effective, no laboratory uh, testing needed protocol, which we developed with the Marines and with our veterans, which is called uh, the phase two protocol. And all the components of it can be obtained uh, and shipped to UK for personal use. Okay, not for selling, but for personal use. And I'll also send you a um, uh, UK discount code that we have specifically for our friends and uh, uh, across the pond. And to read, to look outside the box, not to doubt your doctor because their level of understanding of this has not gone to the level to implement an alteration in their treatment protocol or approach. It's not their fault, the system. The system yeah. is broken, just like our system in the United States. Yeah. So to encourage the doctors to read, if you find one of the articles, copy it and bring it to your doctor to try and bring them into it. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about the British stiff upper lip. Uh, I found a lot of resistance both in our southern aspect to the United States as well as in certain areas, uh, you know, in Europe. Okay. Yeah. UK being one. Uh, some people, I have two centers in, in um, Spain, Granada, and in Madrid, and uh, doctors who came here and took our classes and got trained. So and I and I think it's like the light bulb, isn't it? When that when Edison said that you know he's gonna he's gonna make light, and he did, and nobody believed it was possible. Okay. Um, and it's it's trying to kind of like bringing the what people think is impossible into into the realms of reality. Um, right. And I, I think it's fantastic that you've done that, and um, that you are you know profoundly changing people's lives, but not only changing them but saving them. Yeah, not enough, you know, yeah, so more, more I, I know it's not enough to avoid depression and stress. Yeah. I just take it day at a time. One so, person so, at a time. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people get hold of you? I know you've mentioned it, but I'd love for you to mention it again, just to okay, make sure well, people know. They can go to the uh, tbihelpnow.org and they can uh, read the information there. Uh, if they uh, want to really get a, a feel for what's going on, they can see the movie Quiet Explosions, Healing the Brain, which is on Amazon Prime. If you search for it, you can see it's on Hulu and a couple other uh, areas, as well as uh, I believe uh, there's a DVD out there. Yeah, okay. it is amazing. I would really encourage people to watch it. Loads of really insightful information that Mark's provided and also the case studies of people that have yeah. been through your protocols. Yeah, it's not about me. The, the, the movie's not about me. I didn't even want to be in it. It, it was based <laughs> on the book that you read, A Tales from the Blast Factory by Adam and Andrew Marr and the brilliant producer of yeah. the movie. They're the ones who did everything. And then they asked me to come in. I said, no, I don't really want to do it. Take the cases, show the cases, show the results of the people. 
So they had me do a couple little cameo things, which yeah. is, you know. But it's the stories, the outcome yes. that you've achieved, the changes right. that you've made to people's lives. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's uh, not about me, it's about the outcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Mark, thank you so much for your time and coming on the show. Do make sure you reach out to Mark. Look at the website, TBI Help Now, to find out more about how he can help you. Mark, I'm really excited for the future and to, um, and to be hopefully working with you. Uh, to help Absolutely. you bring everything Look to the UK. To that.